Right now, we are starting the show off with some hockey, and my good friend Mike Carver has just joined us. Uh, he is uh, one of the hosts on the Islanders Point Blake podcast on SNY, and uh, he knows his Islanders stuff. Mikey, how you doing, man? Greg, what's going on, buddy? Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. I'm glad I'm glad you can make it. Of course, Mike, uh, great producer for WFAN in New York, so he's always got his ear to the ground with everything going on in New York sports. The Islanders, of course, go out there and take care of business. 5-4 in Game 1, for those of you who are not aware, but if you're listening, I'm sure you are aware. Game 2, they ended up losing 3-1. to one. Game 3 will come on Sunday. Series tied at 1. You must be feeling okay after, after two games on the road. Yeah, absolutely, Greg. You have to be if you're an Islander fan. You have to be feeling good. Uh, you obviously get a little greedy because you win Game 1, and to be quite honest with you, I thought Florida outplayed the Islanders in Game 1, and the Islanders... Came back three times, uh, the, you know, uh, from one goal deficits. They kept coming back and tying the game. Eventually, took the lead and held on to it. And then it kind of evened out because I thought last night, game two, uh, I thought the Islanders outplayed Florida. And so each team kind of won a game where they maybe weren't the better team on the ice. And it was a weird situation because it's not too often that you see a back-to-back scenario, games one and two of a series, right out of the gates. How much confidence do you have in, in your goaltender, Thomas Grice? I got a lot of confidence in Grice, Greg, believe it or not. You know, this is the first time in a while that the Islanders actually had a really stable goaltending situation coming into a season because they, of course, had Yaroslav Halak last year, but they didn't really have a quality backup for Halak. Mike Carver joining us, uh, Islander Point Blank podcast on SNY, also does a great job producing shows at WFAN in New York City. All right, so let's touch on the Islanders, uh, more on the Islanders' offense. Can this offense get to Luongo again like they did in game one? Absolutely, Greg, they can. And for me coming into this series, um, I thought that the Islanders were the better team coming in. I I still believe the Islanders are going to win this series. Um, You could say what you want about last weekend. You know, uh, everybody makes a big deal. They tanked to play this team. I mean, that stuff's garbage, to be quite honest with you. The Islanders were having so many injuries down the stretch. The most important thing thing for them the last two games last weekend was that they went into the playoffs healthy. And it just so happened that they end up drawing a Florida Panther team, which I thought was a better matchup for them than the Pittsburgh Penguins, who the Rangers, and we'll talk about that in in a little bit, I'm sure, who the Rangers are locked with right now. But uh, I think the Islanders can definitely score goals on this Panther team. For me, Greg, uh, special teams is what's going to win this series. And the Islanders had an outstanding penalty kill this year. They finished fourth in the league in penalty kill. And their power play was right around the midpoint. Correct me if I'm wrong about the Islanders. This is their first – this is going to be the first playoff series at the Barclays Center, no? That is correct, sir. Tomorrow night will be the first playoff game at the Barclays Center – after uh, years and years and decades and decades over at the, the barn in Nassau, the Nassau Coliseum, they, uh, they moved there this year, of course, for this uh, 2015-2016 season. I am eagerly awaiting to see what it will be like there, Greg, because I have been in a lot of playoff games. Say, at the, at the, <laughs> I've, been in, I've been to a lot of games at the old Nassau Coliseum, whether it be last yeah. year, whether it be 2001 when they played the Maple Leafs, and et cetera, et cetera. And that place is, was one of the louder buildings in the NHL because it was still old and, it, and the sound was trapped in it. 
and it was crazy when the Islanders would take the ice in those playoff games the last couple of years. I'm very interested to see, Greg, what this place is going to sound like tomorrow night. I'll be there. I can't wait. Uh, I want, and, and there's no excuses for Islander fans here. And it's been a rough year, not going to lie. Uh, there's been a lot of complaints. A lot of people have cried and moaned about a lot of things that have gone on at Barclays Center, whether it be the travel, whether it be some of the decisions that the Barclays group has made in terms of how they're treating the fans with either going down to the ice before the game or, or all sorts of other garbage that's gone on there. There's been security issues. There's been this, that, and the other. They've got no excuses tomorrow night, Greg. Uh, every seat in that place better be filled. Do they have the um, Do they have the the ice girls there still at the Barclays Center? No, they have the thing. Ball? no, no ice girls, buddy. That was oh. one of the things they took away. Oh. Yeah, no, no ice girls. You know, hey. it's been things like that. They took the ice girls away. Um, oh. They actually have a mascot, Sparky the Dragon. Uh, I don't know if you know Sparky. Nobody cares about the mascot. Everybody wants to see well, the ice but, listen, but this is one of the things, just another example I'm giving you. They got rid of the mascot that had been at the Coliseum for the last few years. They got so much flack about that. By January, he was back and he was showing up at the Barclays. So there's just been, I'm just giving you another example of things that there's been a lot of tension between Island, the fans, and the Barclays Center management this year with that building. So. Let's hope that it all gets put aside tomorrow night when they drop that puck at 8 o'clock.